Hello, and welcome to the Travel Loving Moms podcast. I'm your host, Penny. I have the pleasure of talking with moms from all over the world who travel with their kids. They share their travel stories, how-to tips, and advice with us. I am sure you will enjoy listening to them as much as I enjoy talking with them. All right then, let's get started on today's episode. Hello and welcome to episode 58 where I'll be talking with Catherine from Catherine Anywhere. She is a mom to two, holds a second degree black belt in karate, and she is a certified open water diver. She's an award-winning Canadian television and documentary editor, travel writer, and content creator based in Toronto, Ontario. She enjoys documenting her travels with her family near and far to inspire and teach other families about adventure with their children, about different cultures, traditions, and ways of life. I'd like to welcome Catherine to the show. How are you, Catherine? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Penny? I'm doing good. So, Catherine, could you tell us a little bit more about you and your family? For sure. Well, there's me and my two children. My daughter, I lovingly call her Miss M across all of my social networks. She's 10 Mm -hmm. years old and she's going to be 11 in July. She is extremely well-read beyond her years, wise and intelligent. And Mm -hmm. my son, who's uh, often referred to as little man, um, he's a little crazy. He is five turning six. And he sees limits and he just runs right at them. You know, think of that kid that sees a cliff and just wants to run to the cliff to see what's over it and say, huh, I want to go down there. <laughs> That's my son. <laughs> so now I, see what, I, now I see what my parents had to deal with, like growing up with me. <laughs> Are you an only child? No, I have an older brother and a younger sister, actually. So I was sort of that middle child that kind of kept to themselves until I I saw something that looked entertaining and I went after it. (laughs) (laughs) So do you homeschool or are they in school? No, they're in school, actually. So they go to they go to a regular school and it's only two blocks from where we live. Um, But, you know, the teachers know that, you know, I'm I I work as a travel writer for the majority of the year as, as a living and I also work. So I do go on the road quite frequently and my children, uh, I do bring them with me. I try to mm-hmm. schedule a lot of my, if, if I can't bring my children on my travels, I try to schedule those trips around the times where they're with their dad. Um, but if they're coming with me, I've gone and I've spoken to their teachers before and I said, you know, hey, I'm taking them, you know, for two weeks to Europe or I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And I'll get school assignments for them. But for the most part, the teachers actually would prefer that they be sort of educated on the road, I think is maybe the best way to put it. They need to be learning and you can do it while you're traveling and that way they, they don't miss anything. Yeah. So when we're on, you know, the plane or train or, or something to that effect, they can get caught up on their math homework and, mm-hmm. or the reading or, or things like that. But, you know, for the most part, I find that the teachers are concerned uh, mm-hmm. too much, I think, because, I mean, maybe at this point, they just know now that my kids are getting the education of the world. So (laughs) (laughs) they're probably getting a better education traveling than they are sitting in the classroom anyway. Well, you know, it's entirely possible. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome, though. I'm I'm glad that they get to be a part of that. And um, so your introduction for the show, I was telling about your second degree black belt, your um, <laughs> open water diver, and your all of this stuff. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I'm like so boring. <laughs> no, 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 no. 
you know what? I think everyone has their own or their own um, qualities or, or their own things. Like for me, I actually don't know how to sit still, which is a huge detriment <laughs> in many ways. You know, it's like I, I, I have the focus of a gnat, I think is probably the best way to put it. Like to ask me to sit and do something for a half hour, it, it would just drive me nuts. So I just sort of, I always have to be on the go. And, um, you know, and, and that, you know, for someone to see me in action, it probably would drive them squirrely in all honesty. They'd be like, sit down. <laughs> <laughs> that would probably be me. I would get dizzy and go, can you just like sit down for a minute? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that is so funny. So your job is traveling and writing. Is that for like your blog and stuff or do you do that for um a business or a company well yeah so I do I do have my own travel blog which is Catherine Anywhere but I also write uh, I freelance write for a few different publications I've written for Explore magazine of which up here in Canada is a, a hiking and an outdoors magazine I've written for Travel Life which is also another Canadian magazine I've written for Savvy Mom uh, which is a, mm-hmm. you know, a parenting uh, magazine. And I'm, you know, in the process of negotiating, uh, getting some regular columns uh, for a few other magazines. And a lot of it centers around, um, you know, solo women travel, um, safety on the road, you know, things that would actually, you know, be very practical. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say that you need to have a, a black belt in karate to travel the world solo. <laughs> That's t- not the case. Um, but you do need to have some basic safety skills and that doesn't necessarily mean self-defense and know how to punch someone in the nuts it more or Mm -hmm. less you know means understanding you know you don't um you know put all of your money and passports in a purse that can be easily cut Mm -hmm. off by someone in in a busy area in barcelona it's it's Mm -hmm. knowing you know to take your passport and secure it in an inside pocket and you know have money in a zippered pocket in your pants but also you know have a credit card tucked into you know a compartment in your uh bra you know something to that effect so that mm-hmm. if something was to happen, let's say you, you did have a purse that the straps were cut off, you, you need to make sure you have plan B, C, and D um, going on so that you're not without your money. You're not without your passport and you're not without your credit cards when you're traveling. So you write for these um, different publications yeah. and stuff. Do they send you somewhere or do you say, hey, I want to go here and I want to write something at this place for you? How does that work out for you? Uh, sometimes it's a bit of a half and half. Um, sometimes I get contacted now by PR agencies and they have different clients. Like last year, um, I did uh, a Club Med resort in the Alps. So the PR agency was looking for uh, outdoors people to go and represent uh, Canada there and write for different publications. And so, um, they sent me there because they knew I'd whitewater raft and do the hiking in the Alps and get to the Italian border and, and, and all of that stuff. So I went there and of course I sold that to a few different um, publications here in Canada. And, but sometimes I do come up with, you know, Hey, you know, I'm going to take this vacation with my kids. I'm planning to go here and I will reach out and I will contact different uh, hotels or um, uh, car rental agencies or, you know, clothing, bags, luggage, you know, whatever, whatever I, I can to sort of offset some of the costs. And of course, if you have to write reviews or social media posts, that's part and parcel of, I guess, the, the job. <laughs> Tell us how to get started in that. If someone is listening, go, hey, I love to write and mm-hmm. I want to travel. How can I get started doing that? Uh, well, the best and worst advice I could probably give is just start writing. 
Um, <laughs> and it's the best advice because it's, it's, it helps you find your voice and it helps you figure out what it is you want to do. But if you create your own travel blog and you're in the process of finding your voice or finding your niche and you have a blog that's completely unfocused and covers everything, then a brand or, um, you know, a PR agency maybe looking at your blog might not understand what you're all about. So I feel that before you sit down and hit the publish button or put a blog together, figure out what it is that you actually like writing the most about. Because I actually, you know, love to write all sorts of of different um, things, but I know that my writing uh, plays or scripts, um, you know, a la wedding party type things are not going to help me further my career, I guess, as a travel writer. So those are things I would not put on my blog or, you know, I have a hidden, um, I have a hidden column. Well, it's not really hidden, but it's on the website medium. And because I would never put my dating stories, I think on my own blog. So I hide them on medium under another name. (laughs) So so that's one of the things I think I also wouldn't want brands to read about, you know, how I went on a, on a, on an online date with a guy who turned out to be a felon some other time down the road. So those are not things I want uh, people to, to read about off my blog. So I've really sort of like focused on what it is that I do. And that's, I cover um, family travel, which is, you know, myself and my kids and, or I do uh, solo female adventure travel. So those are the two niches that I feel that I can represent well. And those are the niches that I've built up a readership in. So if you're going to sit down and figure out what it is that you want to write about, think about where you're most passionate about, think about what you like to write about and think about what it is you like to do. Um, Because that's going to shine through. And that's how you're going to connect more with your audience. And that's how they're going to keep coming back to read your stuff, because they're going to see that you're, you know, that you're jazzed about what you're writing, that you're excited about what you're writing. I love it. That's some good advice, too. Now, if you don't like writing like me, that would be hard to get started doing. Fair. (laughs) And it's not that I don't like writing. It's just that I don't think when I write something that it makes sense. So I just try not to. I have a hard time with copy on Instagram. So I can't imagine trying to do a blog. (laughs) You know, and maybe even the best piece of advice on this is to make it conversational. Write how you would say it. Mm-hmm. write it like you're speaking to a friend write it like you're retelling a story to your mom how do, you, how do your kids um like traveling with you especially to the different countries um I will get them excited about where we're going and what they're doing by involving them in the planning process um because mm-hmm. I think otherwise if I just sort of pulled something out of a hat and said hey kids uh you're going to Portugal today you know, maybe that's exciting to some kids, but they might be like, oh, mom, you know, what are we going there for? You know, sort of thing. So like what I did last year for my daughter's 10th birthday is I told her, um, and this was, you know, maybe partially a bit of a parenting mistake is I told her I would take her anywhere she wanted to go for her 10th birthday. And I was super naive about the phrasing I used to her. And I expected her to pull out like Universal Studios or Great Wolf Lodge or something like that. But instead she said, comes up with cans in France. That's where she wanted to go for her 10th birthday day um so clearly she's a travel writer's daughter but by the same token I had to figure out how to make that work (laughs) so I had to sit down and say okay and I had to show her you know on a map like this is where Kansas is and this is where Toronto is and this is what it takes to fly there and this is how long of a journey it is so I'm I sat down and and I worked with my kids and we built out a whole trip around that whereas 
Cannes was the destination, but we arrived in Portugal and we made our way east from there and made it, you know, all about a, like a journey. So they, they learned about different time zones. They, you know, got to ride the south of France in a train. They got to see different things. So I really got them involved in that so that it was partially led by them almost every step of the way that this is where we were going and this is how we were getting there. That's how I got them excited about that. That's funny that she said to go to France because most kids wouldn't even know. (laughs) (laughs) So like you said, you could tell she's a uh, travel writer's daughter. That's the way I did phrase it to her. I said, I'll take you anywhere you want to go. What I should have said is, you know, maybe sat down and given her some options and let her choose. (laughs) Yeah, this makes more sense. Let's maybe pick one of these. (laughs) Me and my daughter talk a little bit about money. I'm Mm -hmm. trying to teach her about money and finances and stuff. So I probably would have broke it down and been like, hey, if we go here, this is how much we'll spend. If we go here, this is how much we'll spend. Oh, Um, yes. Yeah, trying to teach her that way. So, but I'm glad y'all had a good time. So I, I guess she had a good birthday. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, she did. But, but yeah, on the topic of money, I honestly, that was a learning experience for them on the road is I was able to show them how much further our Euro went in Portugal mm-hmm. as opposed to where it went in France. And because we're converting from Canadian and our dollar mm-hmm. isn't as high, highly valued as your US dollar, I think because your US dollar mm-hmm. is quite close to the Euro, whereas we're paying like a 35% uh, exchange rate on that. So I was able to show her like, okay, so we're exchanging our money to 35% um, for the Euro and that Euro is going to take us through these countries, but this is how much it costs for food in Lisbon versus this is what it's going to cost me in Paris. (laughs) When y'all go to the locations, where do y'all stay? Do y'all use Airbnbs? Do you stay in hotels? Uh, You know, I think it depends on where we are. Um, like, mm-hmm. yeah, when we were in Lisbon, um, we did stay Airbnb in, Mar- in Marseille, we did Airbnb, but I did do, um, a boutique hotel that was recommended to me, um, by another travel writer in Paris. Um, same within, uh, Barcelona. Like I went through a recommendation from another, uh, travel writer that they said, you know, they'd stayed in that same area cause it was very walkable. Um, mm-hmm. I like being very close to transportation and major sort of landmarks that you can walk to when mm-hmm. when I travel um, I'm a huge fan of walking like I, I just I would rather walk than take lifts or ubers or taxis you know I feel like there's something you see when you're when you're strolling through back alleys and you're strolling through the cobblestone roads or you know wherever you are that you you don't get that flavor I think when you're in a vehicle so that's that's what I like to do is I like to source out places that are very much sort of in the center of everything. And then from there, you can, you can just wander, get lost wandering. It's kind of fun. That's awesome. Do you, um, like, if you wanted to go out of the city, mm. isn't there plenty of transportation, like trains and different things that you could take to go and explore further out? Oh, absolutely. I find that, um, well, I mean, here in Can, like up here in Canada, for instance, um, cars and trains I think rule the roost up here if you need to get anywhere it's it's mostly by car we don't have a very comprehensive rail system it just sort of goes along the main corridor um here in southern Ontario and then across the country so if I wanted to go to say uh Sudbury Ontario which is a four-hour drive from here my options would be to fly and it would take you about an hour or drive I mean I think there is a train but you know, it's one of those things where I, I, I don't even really know if it's feasible, um, uh, feasible to do. Whereas mm-hmm. Europe has a huge comprehensive rail system. 
it's uh it's phenomenal <laughs> i really mm-hmm. must say and i mean like i guess even like to go through like new york state or ohio or you know pennsylvania it for us it's always drive i would say drive i think it's way easier to drive i don't think there's uh a rail option from toronto to philadelphia or to pittsburgh or any right. yeah yeah it's definitely would mm-hmm. definitely drive very drivable everything is drivable i think in north america Catherine, do you have any advice on traveling with kids? Yeah, I would say my best piece of advice is always uh, to be flexible. You know, one of the things that I try to not do when um, I'm traveling with my kids is to plan a specific itinerary from morning to night. Because I find that, um, I mean, with my with my kids, they're five years apart in their age. So they're at very different and, there, and it's always going to be this way. There are different de- developmental cycles and different intellectual cycles. So what I could probably plan out from morning to night that would interest one child is not going to interest the other child. So I try to be super flexible. Um, I don't like to plan things too early in the morning because you never know what you could be doing uh, the night before. They might want to sleep in um, because I find that if I dictate to my children where we're going how we're going there and what we're doing then it's just going to be a recipe for disaster (laughs) so I try to be super flexible unless it's something you have to buy tickets for in advance um and uh you know I I like to let them sort of lead the way in terms of their interests obviously there's always going to be things that I know we have to see and do when we're somewhere like we have to go to the lure you know we have to see the Eiffel Tower you know we got to go to the catacombs you know we have to see Big Ben things like that Um, but I'll sort of let them, you know, if they want to detour on the way there, we can detour on the way there as long as we, you know, end up there. I just don't like to overschedule when I travel with them. And and I think that's probably, um, you know, a piece of advice for, for all parents is not to overschedule. You know, I think about, you know, when people go to Disney World and they have to pre-book all their meals and fast pass mm-hmm. all their rides and, and, you know, and they have to book all these things in advance. Like that, that thought kind of terrifies me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I just don't I, I mean for, like for my kids in particular I think that that just would end up being a recipe for disaster um you know doing things that way so I mean I just you know be prepared to go with the flow be prepared to be flexible uh be prepared to change plans I think is probably the best way to put it now I love that advice and that is so true because if you plan your whole day out and say you have a flat tire mm-hmm. and it takes you a couple hours then your your day is kind of messed up so yeah. I, I like being flexible like that um my me and my daughter went to Orlando this past weekend and that's on Saturday on the way down I was like and we've got to get to this one thing so we couldn't stop at any of the other stores that we would feel on the way but Sunday we said we're just going to take our time and stop at the stores on the way back that we didn't get to on Saturday brilliant and that just worked out perfect mm-hmm. yeah yeah you like have a backup plan you know you know you're going to get to it it's just a matter of when you're going to get to it and then my last question for you is what's the one thing you wish you knew before you started traveling with children not to overpack you don't need nearly as much stuff as you think <laughs> Yes. You do not need a backpack full of stuffies. You do not bring need to bring their Nintendo DS and their Switch and all that stuff. I am so glad you said that. <laughs> I tell my daughter that every time. You yeah. go into your grandpa's your grandparents' house, you do not need to take five bags full of toys. No. There's toys at their house. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And the number of times where we have brought a bag 
that's like full of you know games and knickknacks and all that kind of stuff that never even gets opened the whole mm-hmm. duration of the trip it's just something else that you're lugging around and it just becomes you know a pain in the butt <laughs> yes and you know you might purchase something where you're at that's going to keep them entertained because it's new yes even no matter what it is and so why pack all that extra stuff so that is like a wonderful tip (laughs) I think it's a really useful one for families that have young children who think I need to pack you know the bassinet I need to pack 10 blankets I need to pack all these stuffies I'm gonna bring this book I'm gonna bring this I'm gonna bring this I'm gonna bring like whoa whoa just stop just stop And I've always, um, I think my grandparents taught me this. If you don't have it, you can buy it there. Like if you forget your toothbrush or your toothpaste or, you know, something like that, we'll just get it down there. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Or as my mom used to say to me, if you don't have it, you don't need it. <laughs> that too. Yes, <laughs> that too. <laughs> Obviously um, you need to brush your teeth, but if you forgot to bring, you know, uh, the game of Clue that Matt manages to fit in your rolling luggage, then you don't need it. <laughs> Yeah, you'll find something else to keep you entertained. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Just look out the window, child. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then they go, oh, I'm, that is so pretty. And it's like, you know why you see that? It's because your game, your head is not in your game right now. So <laughs> you're witnessing the world around you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I make a joke with my kids. I'm like, this is the best HD monitor you're ever going to see, guys. <laughs> Yes. And it's live. It's on all the time. Yeah. This is this is truly on demand. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> um, Lame mom jokes. Anyway. Yes. Well, Catherine, it has been wonderful to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. And where can we follow you at? You can follow me at Catherine Anywhere, and that's spelled K-A-T-H-R-Y-N-A-N-Y-W-H-E-R-E. And that's Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Pinterest, Twitter, all across the board. Wonderful. I'll have all those links available, too, on, on our website. Amazing. Thank you so much, Penny. You're welcome, Catherine. And until next time, may your family be blessed and your travels be awesome. Wow, I hope you enjoyed the show as much as I did. I just love listening to the moms to share their stories and their tips with us. If you'd like to hear more episodes, you can subscribe and listen on Spotify and Apple Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to follow us on Instagram and Pinterest at Travel Loving Moms. You can also go to our website at travellovingmoms.com where we have some resources. We have uh, all the guest information. We have a shop on there also. We have some great t-shirts that we just designed and we just started the shop this year. One more thing, if you'd like to be a guest, you can go to travellovingmoms.com slash be a guest and fill out the guest form. I look forward to hearing from you soon. Thanks again for listening. Have a wonderful day.